0: Man, how y'all doing this morning? You doing well this morning? Yes. Amen. Well, if you're visiting with us, thank you for joining us this morning. and. And if you're new here, I'm Pastor Justin. It's my wife, Pastor Annette. And in the second service at 11 o'clock, our founding pastor, which he's not here with us that often, but he'll be ministering the 11 o'clock service. So if you don't have anywhere to go or anywhere to be, I encourage you to stay around as he continues to minister in the word that he has for us for 2019. So anyway, it's so good to have you. And just talking about giving and and just what Rick was saying about a giving church. You know, I want to thank Joseph and Dwayne and Rose. Can you you guys stand up? You know, and I just want to thank you all so much for just your time, you know, and uh, devoting and, and just thanking everyone for Angel Tree. You know, we were able to be a blessing to, to people that had, you know, some, some issues and come alongside of them, you know, this holiday season, um, over between 60 and 70 kids, um, this year as a church. And, and what that represents, if you can put that in, in a, in a monetary term, that's close to what you, you guys had sewed, close to between 5500 and $6,000 into, into families this holiday season. So I want to thank you all for just being a blessing to, to the church family and not, not just our church family, but also those that were, were assisting outside of our church family. And so thank you. You guys are givers. You know, as a church, you know, we, we believe in giving. I mean, each year we, we, when it's all said and done, we, we look at reports from year after year, we sow anywhere from 20 to 25 percent back into other missions and missionaries and, 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 benevolence and different people, whether the community or internationally, uh, no matter whether it's Israel, sex traffic is so many things. And, and so when you sow into this church, it's, it doesn't just, it, it's not for us. It's not it, not, it doesn't all just stay here, but we're just a distribution center that continues to, to sow out into different ways. So thank you for, for your heart for giving. Amen. Man, So man, it's so good to be able to, to deliver the word this morning. And I'm going to continue on dealing with, uh, you know, the Christmas story. You know, we, we talked about the Christmas story being a celebration of God's presence, God's goodness, God's power. Last week we saw how it's not just a celebration of peace, but it's not just celebrating, but it's receiving his peace. Amen. When Jesus came, he was to bring peace on earth and he would be the prince of peace. And and that just doesn't mean that he's a ruler that has peace. But as a prince, he's a distributor of peace. And and so so seeing the story beyond just a story, but something that's been made available and something that's been made a reality to you and I. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke, chapter two, Luke, chapter two. And each week I've been dealing with this aspect of about angels and prophets, the roles of angels and prophets, you know, and, and we, we see this and we can see it throughout the scripture. Uh, even Hebrews chapter one tells us and talks about angels and it says, aren't they all ministering spirits, angels ministering spirits sent to minister to those that are heirs of salvation. One translation says, aren't these messengers, these angels, they they go and they they, uh, execute God's judgments. They execute what God has said, right, to those that are heirs of salvation. So when we see angels declaring things and when we see prophets declaring things, we have to get a hold of something and to see what's taking place. So let's look at this in Luke chapter 2. Verse 10 says, and the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. So we're seeing an angel declaring something. And so when we hear an angel declaring something, what does that represent? It represents we're hearing, we're about to hear what God's heartbeat is. We're about to hear what God's heartbeat is for those that are heirs of salvation. When they, they, God doesn't do anything without a purpose, He isn't just going to send an angel just to declare something. No, He wants to release something into the heart of mankind. And, and so here, when the angel shows up, says, "I bring you good tidings of great joy." That will be for all people. So first off, the angel's saying to us, "Look, hey, get a hold of this. is good information. This is this is a good announcement. This is something that you." need to pay attention to. And now we also know that it's for not just them, but it's for all people. Say all people. people. Let's look at verse 14. Then the angels are saying this, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Glory to God in the highest So the angels are praising God. Remember, anything time they're saying something, what are they doing? They're declaring the will of God for you and for me. So now they're saying this Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Goodwill towards men. there's, There's this aspect of this goodwill. That God wants you and I to understand. Meaning when the angels are saying this, the angels are saying something that, you know what? There's something good coming. Yes. There's good will. This is God's desire. Actually, the phrase "goodwill" in the Greek is it starts off with this word and it's EU. And that means good. Then it's diako, which means pleasure. Now, it's interesting when they use this particular word here, when they use goodwill is now they add, there's a specific ending on this particular word that makes this word more of a uh, like an action. It's, it's kind of like you ever buy someone a gift and say that you bought you bought the gift like, um, say, a month before their birthday and, and all of a sudden, you know, you get home and you have that gift and you're not going to tell them about that gift and, and see, this is a surprise for a month from their birthday. And all of a sudden when they get home, you're like, I got you something. You know, it's like, I got you something. You know, it's, it's kind of like, Wait, I thought it was going to be a surprise. See, the the, the goodwill that when he the angels use this word and phrase goodwill here is something like I've got a surprise for you and I can't wait to tell you what it is. So there's an ending on this particular Greek word and it means to show. So it's not just that God to have goodwill towards you. It's not just the fact that he has good pleasure, good desire towards you, but he has such an intent desire that he wants to show you something. Yeah. He wants to reveal something to you. So when he sends the angels and they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, goodwill, he's saying, I've got a surprise for you. I've got something just in store for you. There's something ready and available for you. You know Psalms one forty five. I love Psalms one forty five because it talks about the goodness of God. And there's a there's a verse in there. I believe it's verse sixteen, and it says that He opens His hands. He opens His hand and and reveals favor. They put a you open your hand and satisfy every living thing with favor. You you see, that's, that's what, that's what God, God has got something in his hand. He, that's what he's, he's, he's telling through the angels. I've got something. And he goes, he opens his hand to show every living thing, to satisfy every living thing with favor. See, that's what the angels were doing. They were coming to reveal his hand, to reveal his heartbeat, to reveal his desire. So when we see angels declaring things, It's all about revealing what God's heartbeat is for you and for me. Go to Isaiah chapter 11. So not only do angels reveal God's heartbeat and God's desire, but anytime you see a prophet speaking, they declare God's heartbeat and desire. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 11. verse one. So now when we read this, we're about to hear God's heartbeat. Okay. Verse one says, and there shall come forth out of the rod of the stem of Jesse in a branch out of his roots. Now, what does it mean that out of the stem of Jesse? You, who was Jesse? Jesse was David's father. Remember last week we talked about the prophecy of Micah and it talked about how, how this, this one would come out of Bethlehem, which means what the city of David. It's talking about the city of David. So now we're seeing a prophecy that has to do with the coming of our Savior, the coming of Jesus. So when a prophet's declaring something, they're not just declaring for something for that moment, but they're declaring something for you and I. They're declaring the will of God. So here it says in verse two, and it tells us, it says, and the spirit of the Lord shall be upon him. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. What does that mean? Now, it uses this word judge. He will not judge after the sight of his eyes or the hearing of his ears. Now, there's there's three to four different definitions for the word judge. Now, this word judge particular meaning means to govern, meaning he's not going to govern based on what he hears and what he sees, meaning the decisions that he makes is not going to be based in natural eyesight or what he hears. Meaning, this this king is going to be different. He's he's coming from a different kingdom. He's different than any other king. He's he's different. He's not going to judge based on what he sees with his eyes or what he hears with his ears. And the next verse says this, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor. Wait a minute. Now, now, when I was reading this throughout this past week and, and just praying over this, my initial thought for, for judge, and, and maybe you're, you're like me, maybe you don't have this thought. But, but for me, the word judge always has a negative connotation to it. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. You know, it's, it's like this. It's all of a sudden when you hear the word judge, we always think of a guilty verdict. Now, am I the only one? Or are you just be real with me. See, when you think of the word judge, I, you think of something negative. So, so now you hear this one coming that he is going to, it, it says, but with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. I mean, it's like, man, he's going to like slap, man, you're poor. I'm going to slap you down. With my righteousness, I'm going to judge you. And so that was actually my thinking. I'm thinking, man, I was like, but that doesn't sound like the nature. Remember, God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. That's his nature. Wow. Right? One more time. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. That's his nature. Wow. Something we learned in Africa, but anyway, but, but the, the, the whole, the whole understanding is here. He goes with this, with this one coming, with this savior coming, he says with righteousness, he's going to judge the poor. Now in the first verse before it, he's going to govern, meaning he's going to rule. But in this word judge, it means to vindicate. It means to vindicate meaning meaning this one that's going to come he, with righteousness with righteousness he's going to vindicate the poor now what does vindicate it means to clear of blame good. Amen. you you see you you know you know we have a, such a tendency in society to put labels on things right Well, they're this person. They're this race. They're that financial status. They're from this side. They're from this place. They're from that. They did this. Well, look at them. Oh, did you see so and so? You see, what happens is is all of a sudden we get in the business of labeling people and we judge people with the labels we put on them. But yet here we're seeing a savior coming that is not going to judge based on what he sees with his eyes or hears with his ears. I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you did, what you've been doing the last 20 years. I want you to know that you have a savior that desires to vindicate you. You have a, desi- you have a savior that has a desire to bring change in your life. So when it says with righteousness, Meaning mean, there's this righteousness that this one that's coming out of Jesse that's going to have, and he's going to vindicate the poor. He's going to clear of blame. Meaning you had this label of poor on you, meaning you no longer have that label on you anymore. Why? Because of righteousness, because of righteousness with righteousness. He said, he goes on and says, but with righteousness, shall he judge the poor? That means he says, you know what? You don't have to be poor any longer. With righteousness. See, righteousness is, this, is a force. Righteousness is a force. Jesus says that the foundation of his throne is made up of it. It says he rules with it. Righteousness. So with this righteousness he's going to judge the poor meaning he's going to vindicate the poor and it says this and he's going to reprove with equity for the meek of the earth what does that mean the word reprove means argue and the word equity to means means to be upright so what's he going to do meek here means the low of the earth so here with righteousness, we see two things happening. He is going to, he's going to, uh, with righteousness, he is going to vindicate the poor and with righteousness, he's going to argue for the fact that you're upright. When everyone else is calling you one thing, he's going to argue and declare you're something else. When everyone else is saying you're this, he's going to be arguing. You're some, he's something different, but all this is based on his righteousness no, this is probably a little different christmas message, right but but understanding that the christmas story it's a celebration of righteousness go, go to uh, jeremiah chapter thirty three and let's look at another prophet jeremiah thirty three verse fourteen it says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. When I will fulfill the good promise I've made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. meaning there's a there's a time coming where what I declared and what I promised is going to come to pass. Verse 15, in those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch, the Messiah, to grow up to David and he will execute justice and righteousness in the land. Verse 16, and in those days, Judah shall be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name by which it would be called. The Lord is our righteousness. So here, what are, a prophet's declaring something. What is a prophet declaring? The prophet's declaring God's desire for you and for me. Angels declare it. Prophets declare it. And here we see, what is he declaring? The Lord Our righteousness. Let's look at this in the message. It says, watch for this. The time's coming. God's decree. When I will keep the promise I've made to the families of Israel and Judah. When that time comes, I'll make a fresh and a true shoot sprout from the David tree. He will run this country honestly and fairly. I get this. He will set things right. That's when Judah will be secure and Jerusalem live in safety. The motto for the city will be, God has set things right for us. Woo! That's gonna be the motto of the city. That God has set things right for us. See, see, God, see, His righteousness will judge the poor. His righteousness will vindicate the poor. The righteousness will vindicate. He will make things right. Meaning, if, if, if you've been bound, he will make you free. If you've been poor, he's going to make you rich. If you've been broken, he's going to make you restored. If, if you've been lost, you're going to be found. Whatever the issue is, because of his righteousness, it's his righteousness. Is this righteousness. He's the Lord, our righteousness. And see, and when you know this, this prophecy, this Jerusalem, this city, the promise is going to be safe and it's going to be secure. The Lord, our righteousness. See, this This prophecy is all about Jesus. It's beyond just a Christmas story about Jesus being born in a manger. But when you see him in a manger, realize, hey, he didn't stare there. He's the Lord, my righteousness. You, you see him in a manger, you say, he's the one that's vindicating me. He's the one that's gonna clear my name. He's the one that's gonna set my feet on a clear path. He's the one that's gonna take exalted places and bring them low and take low places and bring them high. You have to understand, He's the right, he is the Lord, my righteousness. Go to, go to Romans chapter one, Romans one. Thank you, father. You know, while you're turning there, I believe it's first Corinthians chapter one, verse 30 says Christ, Christ. Christ has been made into us. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You need wisdom? Christ has been made unto you that. You need righteousness? Christ was made unto us. Christ was made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse, let's see. Thank you, Father. Verse 16. Paul says here, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ. He's not ashamed of it. He says, For it is the power of God unto salvation. So this gospel, this good news, is the power of God unto salvation. Then it tells us who this is for. It tells us that it's for, it says for everyone that believes to the Jew first and also the Greek. So, so this gospel, this good news, he's not ashamed of it. Why? Because it's good news, Vic. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for its power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of this gospel for it is the power of God unto change. You see, everything that you have need of right now, this moment, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through is found in the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God. So we see that the gospel is what? It's the power of God. Then we see who this is for. It's to everyone that believes. So if you believe in the gospel, there is something available. There is power available. Then it tells us it's for the Jew first and also the Greek. See, this is goodwill towards all men, Vic. Good men, goodwill towards all men, Rachel. Goodwill towards all men. Then it says this, for therein is the righteousness. You can read it like this. Verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for therein is the righteousness of God. See, the gospel is about making wrong things right. That's the gospel. I'm doing no injustice in the scripture. Because the because I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And then you then the next is we're just, just describing it, and then it's telling us who it's for. But this next verse says, Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Therein, in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Righteousness. The gospel, in the gospel, is righteousness. Righteousness. I mean, for the longest time, I, you know, growing up, I grew up in church. I, I grew up in a Christian home, but yet, I, I, God was never real to me. Yeah. It was nothing ever living to me. It was a matter of, of just going to a place and, and, and leaving and hearing about how this person did that person wrong and this person that, and why they do that. And why this person do that. And, and, and hearing about things and just religion. And there was nothing real to me. There was nothing real to me. The only thing that, that it did at that point in my life was, was placing in me just this desire. Well, I, I just don't want to go to hell. That that was I'm just being honest. And it was like and so there was this fear on the inside of me that it was like if living under this oppression, that 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 if I live in this constant thing of, of fear, then I'm just I'm feeling unrighteous. I'm feeling unworthy. I'm feeling that I don't belong. I'm feeling that I failed God. I'm feeling that I failed everyone else. I'm feeling like I'm a failure. And what I didn't realize is 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 until I got a hold of a relationship, I didn't understand what righteousness was all about. See, the gospel is about righteousness. And, and it has nothing to do with how good you can be. It has everything to do with how good he is. See, our righteousness, and this is religion was, was like, your righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. So true. But I'm so glad I'm not talking about my righteousness. Yeah, and the natural, my righteousness is that's filthy rags. But you know what? I'm not going to heaven based on my righteousness. Yes. Amen. I, God's not going to answer my prayer based on my righteousness. Amen. Now he made a way. Now he made a way through his righteousness. Now gives me ability and a right to live holy. So I'm not talking about give, having a license to live any way you want to live. But I'm talking about that his righteousness. Let's go to Romans chapter five. See, he's the Lord, our righteousness. The gospel is about righteousness, making wrong things right. Verse 12. It says in the King James, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered in the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for all that sinned. For unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned. After the same way, Adam's transgressions, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God. And the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Wow. So through the offense of one, through Adam's offenses, even though no one else messed up quite like Adam did, yet they were still (laughs) subject to death. There was nothing they could do about it. There was nothing you and I could do about it. There's nothing that we could do about the fallen nature of man. But just as through the offense of one, many... Were made dead. Much more the grace of God in the gift by grace, which is why one man Jesus Christ had the bound to many. Verse sixteen, and not as it was by the one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offenses, death reigned by one, I mean, because of one man messing up death reigned because of him much more, much more, much more, much more, much more. They which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ because of one man's offenses, death reigned. but because of one man which received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. You see, you and I aren't called to be ruled by oppression anymore. We're not called to be ruled by insecurity and fear. We're not called to be run by addictions and habits and situations and, and, and disappointment. No, no, we're, we're called to rule and reign in righteousness. Verse 18 says, Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. Verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. You see, you see, the prophet was declaring and with righteousness, he shall judge the poor, meaning with this righteousness, he will vindicate the poor. He will change. He will make wrong things right. And here, I love how it says that, and you would be made the righteousness of God. First Corinthians, second Corinthians five says, He who knew no sin became sin. That we would be called, that we would be made, that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I love the fact that it says be made. It doesn't say become. Let me say it again. It doesn't say become, it says be made. See, become is a process. A becoming is an evolution of something. You're becoming, meaning I'm this today, but I'm becoming, so so I'm being changed. But understand, when you are made, you're made. It's done, meaning, meaning you're, you're, you're already there. You've been made Righteous. You've been made righteous. Hallelujah. You've been made righteous. See, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. The fact that, 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 that we needed a savior. That is the gospel. But yet he is. He became our righteousness. So we could be made righteous. So the Christmas story. It's a celebration of his goodness. It's a celebration of his power. It's a celebration of. Of his presence. It's a celebration of his peace. But it's also a celebration of the fact that we have been made righteous. We have been made. Look at your neighbor and say, "I've I've been made righteous. Hallelujah. See, this is God's heartbeat. This is when He was prophesying and declaring hundreds of years ago about the coming of Jesus, He's saying, He He's the Lord our righteousness. You know, going back to my own life, never I, I received God into my life. I received Jesus into my life as a, really a change in my life. I, I heard, grew up in church, but, but yet in January 23rd of 1993, when I was healed in my body, I didn't deserve healing that day. I, I, everything in the natural... I, I mean, I could give you the list of everything I was, who I was, where I worked, what I did. And he would say, does he deserve healing? No, 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 no. Well, does he deserve righteousness? No, 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 no. I mean, teaching on righteousness could be, could sit here and preach on righteousness for the next three months. And I believe righteousness is so foundational to your walk with God because I believe everything hangs on the stability of who you know God to be in your life and who you are in God. And I I could and and this is just in my heart is, is if I could give anything for why you need to understand and receive this righteousness and, and understand that it's not about your works because this aspect of righteousness and what I needed to know as a, as a young believer. And even, even years after I got born again, I still battled with this is the fact that, that because I'm made righteous, I have confidence with God in any word I could give you this morning about righteousness and, and this, this gift of righteousness, this righteousness means to me is I have access I have access. Because I am righteous, I have access. The, the word says I can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive and obtain mercy. Yes. Don't don't wait to to wait till you feel like you're righteous. Don't wait till you 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 he became your righteousness. So you could become righteous. You have access. You have access. You have confidence before God. What does justification mean? Justify means just as if I've never sinned. You know, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you became a new creation, something that never before existed again, something that was like that of Adam and Eve before they ever sinned in the garden. You know what? And when you made Jesus the Lord of your life and you received that righteousness, that's as, as righteous as you're ever going to be. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm not too sure about that. Now, I'm not talking about the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness is an outflow of your growth and understanding you're righteous. There's fruits of righteousness, meaning that's the renewing of the mind, that's the change. I'm getting in too, too far in some direction there, but, but it's access. The Christmas story is about celebrating that righteousness. I want to close with Isaiah chapter, I mean, Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. Say, I have, I have been made righteous. Thank you, Father. Let me close with this. Verse 5. It says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord that I'll raise up David a righteous branch and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And and this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Now, verse seven has therefore, has therefore, meaning because he's the Lord, our righteousness there's therefore something's written here because he's the Lord of our righteousness. Therefore behold, the days come says the Lord that they shall no more say the Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, but the Lord liveth, which brought up, which led the seed of the house of Israel. Now what, what I want to leave you with this morning, He's the Lord. Our righteousness. Therefore don't live in the past. What this is saying and prophesying is don't live in the past, meaning don't say, therefore, don't say, don't live based on, well, he got the children of Israel out. He got the children of Israel out. But he says, no, let it be something you say. Let it be something that his seed says. Let it be something you say. That you live to the point through his righteousness that you say, hey, God came through for me here. God came through for me here. God vindicated me here. God changed me here. It's not just about him getting the children of Israel out of Egypt, but it's how he got Justin out of Egypt. It's how he he changed Justin. It's about how he healed Justin. It's about how he delivered Justin. It's how he affected Vic. It's about how he affected Rick. It's about what he's done for Levy. what he's done for Eric. Because he's the Lord, our righteousness it's not just about what he did back then, but because he is the Lord, our righteousness it's what he wants to do right now It's what he wants to do in your life right now. He wants to manifest in your life right now. I'm telling you, this next year is a year of marvels, wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. And when you understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when you understand that is a force in your life that will propel you to success, it's a force in your life. That will restore your life, restore your family, restore your children, restore your physical body. Then you'll understand that it's not just how he got the children of Israel out, but it's how he changed your life. See, that's when you get a revelation of righteousness. That's when you get a revelation of righteousness. When you understand it's not what he did yesterday, but what he's going to do and what he's going to manifest in my life right now. To where your kids look back and and say, well... I want Bren to be able to look back on on his on his parents' life and say, say, man, man, he he got my father through this, and and Annette through this, and my mom through this, my family through this. He he got me through this, and and why why? Because because we're all living based on this wonderful celebration of the Christmas story. That when I don't see him in a baby, but he is the Lord, my my righteousness. See, this is glory to God in the highest, and good, good. (laughs) Peace on earth and goodwill towards all men. See, this is the goodwill. It's not just, just a funny feeling or a, a, a thing around the holidays. And No, it's the fact that what did Jesus do and what did he provide for you? Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Before I pray and close, Isaiah 32, verse 17 says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness will be quietness and assurance forever. You know, righteousness is access. It's having confidence before God. So what does it say here? And the work of righteousness shall be peace. See, when you know you're righteous, there's a peace that comes in your heart. May I ask you a question. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Slip your hand up. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? You know what? That means you've been made Righteous. And if you've been made righteous, it says, the work of righteousness shall be peace. The work of righteousness isn't earning it, the work of righteousness is peace. And it says, in the effect of righteousness shall be quietness and assurance forever. See, when you receive his righteousness, you receive a confidence that you've never had before. Righteousness becomes that force in your life that no matter what you're facing, you know that he's going to vindicate you. He's going to to make wrong things right. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives today. And I thank you for the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. I thank you for the victory. the victory that purchased, the the victory that brought about this righteousness that we could rule and reign with you forever. So everyone with your heads bowed, do you honest with me and say, Pastor Justin, never made Jesus the Lord of my life and or I've heard about God, but I've never understood this aspect of righteousness. That receiving Jesus is about being made righteousness. If that's you, just slip your hand up right where you are. Maybe you're here this morning, and and you'd be like Pastor Justin, I I made Jesus the Lord of my life, but I just felt it so unworthy throughout my life. I felt like that I'm, I'm I feel like I'm always having to pay God for something. I'm feeling like I've got to earn something to get God to do something for me. If, it, if you've had that feeling or that teaching's been implanted into your heart, just slip your hand right where you are. See those hands? Hallelujah. See that hand? Everyone, just lift a hand towards heaven as just an attitude of surrender. Just repeat after me. Father God, Amen. thank you. for having goodwill goodwill towards all, towards all men. men. Thank you, father Father, for having goodwill goodwill towards me. me. I receive receive what Jesus did. did. I receive receive his sacrifice. sacrifice. I thank you you that he who knew no sin sin became sin sin. That that I might be made The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Today, Father, Father, I receive receive that free gift gift of righteousness. righteousness. And I allow that righteousness righteousness to mark me today. today. Give me confidence today. I understand today I I have access access to come boldly to boldly to to the throne of grace. Not because I earned it. Because of what Jesus did. I have been made righteous. And because I'm made righteous. I have peace with God. Thank you, Father. That you have a plan for my life. Thank you, Father. That what's wrong in my life. I thank you for the work of righteousness. I thank you. That you're working in me now. And I thank you for peace. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Give him a shout of praise that you believe that this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. The Christmas story. It's a celebration of his marvels, wonders, The extraordinary greatness. His extraordinary greatness. Amen. God is so good. Hallelujah. Thank you. Rick, do you have anything before we close out? Annette, can you come up? Before we dismiss. <clears throat> Did you want to say anything? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On behalf of Annette and I, Dr. Savell, Ms. Carolyn, and our staff, we want to tell you Merry Christmas. Amen. And believe just that God's hand would be upon your homes, that you would know the peace of God like you've never known it before, that God will direct every single one of your steps. And that his hand would come upon you and strengthen you and make you great as David. The same prayer that David prayed over his men, over his families. Lord, I pray over this congregation. Lord, that your hand would come upon them, strengthen them, and make them great in every way. And that this year, like never before, they'd see your marvels. They'd see your wonders. And they'd see the extraordinary manifestations of your greatness, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.